Well, I'd like to talk with you today about fulfillment. Uh, fulfillment is something that we've all got in common, and in this series we're hearing from NFL athletes. Did you know that you have this in common with Jacoby Brissett and Tom Brady and every NFL athlete there is, that when they go to bed at night, and when they wake up in the morning, they're seeking the exact same thing that you and I are seeking, and that is to be deeply fulfilled. Yes, to be safe and secure and to have purpose, but within that to feel a sense of fulfillment and belonging. And you know, it's interesting, as we go through life, we look to different things to fulfill us. And I think if we're honest, most of us, we, we often fixate on one thing and we think, if I had that one thing, then I'd be fulfilled. I mean, I remember when I was in fourth grade, I knew the one thing that would fulfill me. You know what it was? I had a crush on this girl named Stacy Macklin. And I was like, oh man, if Stacy Macklin would like me, then I'd be fulfilled. I might not have used those words, but that's what I was feeling. Right, a few years later, I was in eighth grade and I was mowing lawns to try to save up money because I had this one thing I wanted to buy that I knew if I could get a Yamaha YZ80 dirt bike, if I could get that Yamaha YZ80, then I would be fulfilled. And then as we go through different seasons of life, right, don't we, if, if I could find a spouse, I'd be fulfilled. If I could get that job, I'd be fulfilled. If I could get that house, I'd be fulfilled. And there's always that other thing, isn't there? I remember when my son Jack was a toddler, and the thing that most fulfilled him was trains. Here's a picture of one of the trains we had made one day. I think I had more fun building trains than Jack did. It's like one of my favorite things about being a dad is getting to build trains. I absolutely love it. If you've ever built a train track like this, maybe you've been in this scenario where you've kind of got the track lined out and you get to maybe a corner and you need that last piece, but you don't have that piece. So you end up having to rearrange the track. And I wonder where in your life right now, if this track were fulfillment, have you been building and aligning and you kind of had it all planned out and you sort of got to the corner, but you don't have the corner piece? And you're sort of like, you know, I, I thought life was going well. I thought I was going to be fulfilled, but I'm missing this piece. What would that piece be for you? We've all got something. And here's the question I want to ask you today. I want you to consider this. What if God, what if God is the missing piece? between you and the fulfillment that you seek? What if the missing piece actually isn't the house or the promotion or the spouse or the next toy? What if the missing piece between you and the fulfillment you seek is not a change in your circumstances, but a change in your relationship to the creator who made you, from whom emanates life and joy and meaning, and love, and warmth. What if that's the missing piece? I want to talk with you today about a guy named Ray Preston. You'll get to meet him. Ray played for the San Diego Chargers. This is one of the helmets from that time that Ray allowed us to use today. And to me, this helmet is a symbol. Because Ray was born into a working class, a lower class family in the Boston area. And for Ray, football was his ticket out. It was his ticket to success. When Ray started football in eighth grade, he had a whole two games in his first season in eighth grade. 
In ninth grade, he started to play and the helmet that was provided at that time was so bad that it would actually hurt more if he got hit with the helmet on. And so his mom took their food money for one week and, and the family ate less food so she could buy Ray a decent helmet. And it turned out to be a pretty good investment because that helmet enabled Ray to go on and play in high school. Ray then got a scholarship to Syracuse University. Here's a picture of Ray when he made the All-America team. So the best 24 collegiate athletes in the entire country. Ray Preston was named one of them. And Ray had this dream. He thought fulfillment for me would be playing football. If I could play football at the highest level, then that's my missing piece. Then I'll have financially what's needed. I'll have the fulfillment that's needed. And Ray gave everything he had to that. I mean, he played with broken bones. He played in an era where players didn't have the kind of health and safety uh, resources that they have today. And Ray was very successful as he gave himself in that way. He was drafted by the San Diego Chargers, played 122 NFL games. Can you imagine the emotion of running out into an NFL arena that's fully packed? Can you imagine getting a game-winning interception and the entire, that entire stadium chanting your last name? Can you imagine playing and getting a game-winning interception? Ray had five of those in 1979. And millions of people are watching on network television all across the United States. Ray played for the Chargers from 1976 to 1984. Uh, here's a picture of one of his cards from that era. Here's a card in 1979 when Ray was clearly one of the team leaders. That's the year he had those five interceptions. And in all of this, Ray was every day waking up and giving everything he had to find that missing piece of fulfillment, the same thing that you're seeking. I got to sit down with Ray and talk with him about his life. I want you to go ahead and take a look. Well, hey, Ray, thanks for joining me for our series at the stadium. Uh -huh. We're learning how to win on the field, but take those principles to win at life and mm -hmm. through the power of God. So, right. uh, Ray Preston, you played for the San Diego Chargers. Was it from 1976 to about 1984? That's correct. Okay. Yes, exactly. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit about your faith and your relationship with God. Is that something that that your mom passed down to you or, you well, know, you know was I, your journey? Well, you know, when I was, okay, this is how we all started. You know, I grew up in Baptist, you know, we went to a Baptist church. Yeah. You know, my parents, you know, they brought us up. We were involved in the church, you know, went to Sunday school, had opportunities to go to yeah. like Bible school, you know, during the week, you have to go into a public school, you know, yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, there were opportunities there, but yeah, I never really took it seriously. I mean, I did take it seriously, but, as far as I can remember, I had this little plaque on my wallet, you know, that said, trust in the Lord, mm. dot, 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 you know, and he will direct your path. Wow. You know, Proverbs 6, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and yeah. 6. Yeah. You know, so basically to me, every time, you know, something came up, you know, mm -hmm. say I had a test or something, you know, I'd say, Lord, I trust you, you know, help yeah. me with this test, you know, stuff like yeah. that. I would do that. But it was always that little plaque that I went back to. Is that something you'd take with you in the 
when you're preparing for games or even the night before when you're no well it hung up it was hanging up in my room yeah. you know always there and you know it was just the thing that you know i would yeah you know just ask the lord you know trusting him you know and being in a baptist church you know uh you know when they would have the altar call you know yeah. i you know i'd sit in my seat and you know you had to do a public confession but i was never I just sat there and said, yes, Lord, I want you. But, you know, I never went forward in the church. Yeah. You know, so it just, you know, as in daily living, you know, you just forget about that and just go to your next thing and just keep going. But then I had opportunities come up, you know, through my life where, you know, I was able to confront those things and, yeah. you know, and come to a decision to accept Christ. Yes. Yeah, yeah we all reach that point where we've got to decide for ourselves, is mm -hmm. this really what I believe? Yeah. Is this what I'm really placing my hope in? Mm -hmm. uh, can you think of some key times in your life where you felt like it was moving from just this is what my parents believe to mm -hmm. this is really my faith. I really yeah. believe yeah. Jesus has the power to carry me through this. Well, that took a while. I think, you know, um, you know, just getting through college and, you know, that thing and, uh, you know, I going through injuries. Yeah. You know, I never knew, you know, what the prospects of those things would be recovering. Right. I did accept the scholarship and, you know, got the opportunity to go to Syracuse. And so, you know, my, but going into my sophomore year, you know, and I was, a, you know, I got into the starter yeah. and I got hurt in the first game. And so, you know, it was Ben Swatchwalder was our coach. It was his last year. He had been the season coach there. And, you know, and I was probably ready to come back after that injury, like halfway through the year, maybe three quarters of the year. And, you know, it was his last season. And, you know, he didn't feel too strongly about the prospects of us. So, you know, he basically told me that, you know, he thought it would be best for me to you know, redshirt a year and okay. get that extra year. And to me, that ended up being a blessing. Wow. You know, because wow. that extra year of being in college really helped me out. That's a great example of something, something that's a disappointment. Yeah, a big disappointment it was. Cause, but, you know, but it turned out in the end. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's so, you know, interesting for those of us who, who watch football mm -hmm. but aren't on the field. Right. We see right. someone get injured and we think, oh, bummer. If it's yeah, the other right. team, oh, good sometimes, yeah, yeah. sadly, you say that. <laughs> but, you know, to think of you through your eyes mm -hmm. in that moment, mm -hmm. this is my whole, this is my life dream. Right. This is my future career. Right. Right. And now the whole thing might not happen. Exactly. Um, but now to look back in retrospect and see kind of mm -hmm. like that scripture where God says he works all things together yeah, for, good. for good. Yeah. It was because you were redshirted that season right. allowed you to play the extra season at Syracuse, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which was that a key part of you then getting drafted by the San Diego? Yes, Chargers? I believe it was, you know, and, you know, while my senior year, you know, we would, if we had beaten Rutgers at the last game of uh, the season, we would have been the most improved team in the country that year. You know, but even that year, I had, I remember I broke my wrist. Wow. You know, I played the rest of the year with a, you know, they put a rubber cast on my arm, yeah. you know, to, to play in games. And, you know, but I was able, you know, through that. And, you know, like setting goals was a big thing of what I wanted to do. And, you know, so, I mean, 
you know, one of my goals was I wanted to be an All-American. Yeah. And, you know, and I got that opportunity to do that. Wow. I was, you know, on the Kodak All-America team in 1976. Wow. And it was just like a dream come true. But, yeah. you know, just the labor of that and, you know, getting through injuries, it's something that you never think right. would come right. to happen. But yeah, you know, those are goals that I set. And, you know, that was uh, pretty important things. Yes. Yeah. I love it that with those goals you've had, that your parents had put that plaque on your wall back when you were a kid, trust mm -hmm. in the Lord mm -hmm. and he will direct your paths right. from right. Proverbs 3. And that, you know, here we are decades later mm -hmm. and that's still in your mind. That's still yeah, in your heart. No, it was, you know, you know, and I didn't, you know, really didn't have a walk with the Lord at that time, you know, yeah. but it was, you know, I, but I felt, you know, just a, a presence, yes. you know, but, yes. you know, because, you know, you get through a game, you know, you wonder how sometimes you, yeah. you get through games. I mean, I was knocked out in games, mm -hmm. concussions at Syracuse, the whole thing, you know, playing people like Tony Dorsett, you know, <laughs> so, you know, it got, it's pretty hectic times sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I think it's got to be encouraging for some parents watching, mm -hmm. uh, knowing that that Bible verse that was on the wall in your room. Right. Right. carried with you even through the time when you were really more focused on your career than your faith mm -hmm. it sounds like yeah and yeah. yet that scripture never left your heart or your mind no it really didn't and you know even now to the, you know even looking at the verse you know the dot 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 yeah. and all in between yes you know was filled in yeah. you know because it says trust in the lord you know then it says with all your heart you know and do not lean on your own understanding but in all your ways, acknowledge, you know, that he's God. And then, you know, he'll direct your path. And that promise really, you know, comes alive to me, you know, that that's a part of my life that, you know, has really, really helped me, you know, be feel fulfilled, yes. you know, and be a dad and the whole thing. And it's yeah. been, it's been quite a thing. Yeah, he has directed yeah. your paths in Definitely. some amazing ways. Definitely so. has. I'd love to hear about the time in your life when you did start walking with the Lord more, just being more mm -hmm. active in your faith. Okay, well, that was, you know, when I got drafted, you know, by the Chargers. And, uh, you know, uh, I know there were some guys like from the South, Woodrow Lowe was, you know, we were roommates. Okay. And, you know, just going through the grind of camp, you know, in the, you know, up and down. And, you know, I remember going back and forth to our rooms and, you know, every night this guy, Woodrow, he'd get in his bed, he'd have his Bible open, you know, and he'd read it, you know, before he went to bed, you know, I'd be just tucked over on my side going to sleep. And so, you know, one day I just finally asked him, you know, I said, man, Woodrow, you know, aren't you, you know, don't you worry about, you know, making, you know, making this team, you know, how, what's your feeling, you know, how we're going to do, you know, because we we're both rookies, you know, on the same thing. And he basically said to me, he said, Ray, you know, I feel like I already made the team. You know, I have Christ in my life. And if he wants me to be here, you know, I'm going to make it. I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about it. And so, you know, that, you know, made me think, oh, wow, you know. And I saw that in him, you know, and, you know, he'd go to bed like at peace and, you know, I'd be, you know, going to bed wondering, you know, what the next day is going to hold, you know, for me. Yeah. You know, back then we played six preseason games. 
And I remember I got hurt in the fourth and we were in Hawaii. You know, we had made a trip to Japan. We played the, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals in Japan. You know, made a trip back to, uh, to Hawaii and we played the 49ers, you know, the night game in Hawaii. And on the first kickoff in that preseason game, now kicker kicked the ball out of bounds like five times. And we were kicking off from like the 15 yard line. And on the fifth try, you know, going down, you know, we winded, tired. And I remember covering the kick and got hit. And, you know, I separated his shoulder. And, you know, that was my, you know, rookie season. Had no clue whether or not, you know, I'd make this team or not. You know, because we went back, you know, we still had two preseason games left. And, you know, it was that weekend, that next weekend, you know, they left all the injured players in the camp up in La Jolla at UCSD. They left everybody that was hurt, you know, just at the dormitories. And I was the only one that was hurt. <laughs> you know, so I had that weekend and, you know, thinking about the things Woodrow told me, you know, I've talked with some teammates during that time, you know, we'd have some Bible studies, you know, listening to Tom Graham, you know, was one of our team captains, you know, was a Christian. And, you know, and just, you know, that weekend, you know, when they all went away, you know, I was at that campus, you know, 3,000 miles away from home by myself, you know, wondering, if I had done enough to make this team, if it was gonna even be a success for me to, you know, to make it. And, you know, and the things that I had learned, you know, hanging out with the guys and doing a couple of studies and stuff that, you know, I just, that weekend got on my knees, you know, asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, if you got me this far through all this, you know, with all the accolades, everything, and, if it's not your will for me to be here, you know, but, and I basically said, just make me the man you want me to be, Lord. You know, come into my life and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And, you know, that was like my moment, you know, and, yeah. you know, I felt that and, you know, but, you know, and it was, I mean, you know, and I ended up, you know, I did make the team and everything did work out. But, you know, my walk from that day was, you know, started with, you know, with, you know, no, we had to stay in the word. You know, we started meeting with the guys and fellowshipping and stuff. And wow. it just became just a part of my life. Wow. That's you know? beautiful. That that prayer you prayed of really in a moment of of pain and just feeling yeah. you no, physically hurt. hurt. Yeah. You're alienated, you're alone. Right. You're wondering if your whole dreams for your life are gonna fall apart. Go up in smoke, yeah. yeah. And then I had no idea, but you know, I just, I said, Lord, you know, change my heart, you know, and that's, that was my, that was my deal. That's so good. This is so rich. There's a few directions I'd love to go from that. One is, um, let's just talk about this reality that when, when you did really turned to Christ in a deeply personal way. Mm -hmm. It was in a time of pain. Yes. What would you say to the person who might be watching this interview 
and that's where they are right now. Mm-hmm. Their their dreams mm-hmm. seem to be falling apart. Yeah. They feel alone. They yeah. are in pain. Yeah. What would you say to that person? I would say that, you know, everything, I mean, from the pain to the heights, you know, I think it it all works out. Like God God loves you and he wants your heart's desires, you know, and and he wants to give you those. And you know, and it's uh it's just you know, just became a reality, you know, yeah. like it's, yeah. you know, it's something you can't really explain, but, yeah. you know, he wants the best for you and he's, you know, opening doors, things may happen, but they happen for a reason, yeah. you know, you just have to yeah. think that way and know that, you know, he has your best interests in mind, That's you right. know, and in, in anything that, because he wants your heart's desires, yeah. you know, and that's the way I felt. Yeah. And I, I love the, the proactiveness of you saying, God, m- make me the man you want me to be. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it will not necessarily, it didn't have to be football. You know, yeah. you could have taken that yeah. from me even at that point, you know. And So but, there's some surrender in that. Yeah, definitely. Of definitely. God, not my way, but yours. Yes, yes. I trust you. Mm-hmm. I give you my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not easy to do. No, it isn't. It isn't. But it's such a, you know, to me, it was, you know, in my weakness, so and you know, God just mm-hmm. you know saw it all through, regardless of yeah. you know what what happened. Yeah. Ray's got an incredible story where after that time of surrender with God, he went on and played those nine seasons. You won't find someone who's working harder for their fulfillment than an NFL athlete. Uh, as a reporter, I remember going to the Arizona Cardinals training camp and, and seeing those first-year recruits who were right in that position that Ray described when he was at that dormitory, that college dormitory all by himself, injured. And it's this moment in life where these young guys, they've given everything they have, and just because they got drafted by the team doesn't mean they're going to play, doesn't mean the team's going to keep them. And there's a whole lot of them every year who cycle through, who they do that one season and then they get released as a free agent. And the guys who stay on the team every year, they're playing with these broken bones and with these injuries, and they're competing every year against the 18, 19-year-olds, the 23-year-olds who are fresh out of college, who, who have everything, they're given everything they have, and, and no one works harder for fulfillment than these guys. And what I love about Ray's story is him within it, realizing, God, you were the fulfillment that I really need. Uh, Ray's story is incredible, and uh, upcoming week, we will continue it, and you'll actually hear about some other San Diego Chargers who were so desperate for fulfillment that they were looking to things like cocaine, and God ends up using Ray to lead those guys to the Lord. And now Ray has a life with decades of fruit of people who've started churches, people who are in ministry, people who are free from addiction. Ray's own son uh, played for the Dallas Cowboys and then went to Dallas Theological Seminary and now works for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their player development, but almost as a pastor to all the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ray's legacy is incredible and it all started with that moment of surrender. That moment when he was alone in that college dormitory, feeling like 
you know what, with my shoulder separated, everything I've worked my entire life for, the missing piece, the fulfillment I'm seeking, it may never happen. And I love that prayer that he prayed where he said, Lord, change my heart. Did you catch that where he said, Lord, change my heart? Change my heart. I, I want to look to you to be my fulfillment. And, and he applied this verse that you can apply today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's a choice. And every word of that verse matters because this is a choice to say, God, I'm trusting in you. In other words, the, you know, whatever the football helmet was in my life, whether it was a promotion or a spouse or, or some other toy, or whatever that thing was in my life, I'm gonna stop trusting in that to fulfill me. Doesn't mean that that's evil, right? Football was still a part of God's plan for Ray's life, and the missing piece in your life, that might still be part of God's plan for your life. But Ray, remember he said, God, if it means, if it means that it's not football, just make me the man you want me to be. That's what it looks like to trust in the Lord. That's what it looks like to trust in the Lord with all your heart. I wonder if you'd make that your prayer for this year. Make me the person you want me to be. Maybe you're here today and you've never had that moment like Ray where you say, God, I'm going to trust in you. Not just a little bit, not like, okay, I'm going to add God to the equation in my life, but I'm going to look to the Lord as the one who fulfills me, who completes me. And I'm going to do that actually with all my heart. Doesn't mean I don't have any other desires, but I prioritize the Lord above everything else. And then the verse goes on, lean not on your own understanding. In other words, there's this either or choice in our lives. We either lean on our own understanding. What is that? I know how to make myself happy. I know how to make myself secure. Here's my plan. Here's my goals. I'm going to do this. Or I lean instead on God. And I say, God, I'm surrendered to you. Here's all my desires. I, I want these things, but I trust in you instead of in myself. Make me the person you want me to be. The verse continues and it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And Ray explained really well that that word acknowledge really means submit to him, surrender to him. Believe that he actually wants what's best for you. Believe that his plan for your life is good. And so when you surrender your ways or your paths, your steps, your plans to him, that's actually in your best interest. And then there's this promise, he will direct your paths. And like so many people in our church, Ray Preston is living proof of that that decades later, God has directed his paths and now his marriage, his adult kids, his entire life. Yes, playing in the NFL was part of it, but he's not one of these guys who, well, the rest of his life, what's the point? You can't go up from there. But instead, he's had a life of fulfillment, a life of purpose. I want you to travel mentally with me to that college dormitory room where Ray was sitting there injured all by himself. And I want to ask you, in that moment in your life, will you call out to God in the same way? Will you say, God, I'm, I'm tired, I'm, I'm injured, 
I've been doing my best to make everything work. But now I'm ready to pray that prayer. Make me the man or the woman. Make me the person you want me to be. Will you choose that like Ray? Well, how do you do that? Trusting in the Lord. Ray described it really well. It's all about trusting in Jesus as God. Scripture says that all of us have sinned. We've all made mistakes. As a result, we all fall short of the glory of God. We've been separated from God. But the good news is this, that God demonstrated his love for you in this. While you were a sinner, while I was a sinner, turned away from God, he chose to come to our world in the person of Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. Scripture says that the paycheck, just like NFL athletes get a paycheck and you get a paycheck at your job, there's a paycheck for sin. All of us have sinned and we all get the same pay. It's called death. The wages of sin is death. It separates us from God. That's why our bodies die. That's why we don't have eternal life apart from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so it might be that the missing piece in your life, it's been missing all along because you have yet to receive this free gift of God. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You don't earn a gift. You don't buy a gift. But you do have to be humble enough to receive a gift. And that's how it is with your salvation before God. You have to be humble enough to say, God, I do need your help. I mean, did you hear the humility? Here's this grizzled, rough warrior of a guy. And he says, God, I need you. It's not unmanly. (laughs) It's actually the smartest thing you can do to say, creator, if you offer me free salvation through Jesus, I want to receive it. How do you do that? You believe. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Believe that you have a need and believe that he can meet the need. Believe that he met it at the cross. That's how Ray's journey started. And then you continue by giving God your life one day at a time. Ray described doing Bible studies and learning the word of God. It starts with that moment of surrender and then it's one day at a time saying, God, I want to know your ways for my life so that's why I'm reading your word. And in every choice I have, every major business decision, every emotion that is really strong in my heart, I acknowledge you. What do you want me to do in this situation? Well, very simple application for you today is to pray that prayer of Ray. God, make me the man or the woman. Make me the person you want me to be. Very simple application. And I don't know, depending on where you are in your journey, it may be that first time, just like it was for Ray in that college dormitory of saying, God, I've never really prayed this before in a life-defining way of saying, you be the leader, you be the coach, you be the master of my life. If that's your first time praying that, I can't encourage you enough today to set your soul free, to reconnect with your creator. Others of you, you're here and you've prayed that and you've seen God work in your life and you've even served him and you've been a Christian for a number of years and verses like that little proverb, three, five, and six, they remind us that spiritual growth happens in the territory of obedience. The organ of spiritual growth isn't just intellectual knowledge. You don't just spiritually grow by just memorizing a bunch of scripture and reading a bunch of chapters. That's fine to do. But the actual organ of spiritual growth is obedience, is surrender, is trust. 
So maybe you're here and you've been a believer, but God brought you here today because you needed to be reminded of this very childlike simplicity, this principle, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And maybe you're here and you're a believer and you've trusted in God for your salvation, but there is a helmet in your life. There's another thing you've been looking to for fulfillment. And lately you've been upset with God or you've been upset with other believers or upset with the church or upset with your spouse because life's just not going right. And maybe today God brought you here to remind you, you know what, that thing that you're looking to for fulfillment, it doesn't have the power to fulfill you. Only God does, so trust in him. Make 2020 a year where you trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, here's a a few steps that visualize what we've been talking about. The first is that step of believing. And I'm absolutely convinced that there's at least one person here today, probably more, where that is your step today. To do just like Ray did and have a life-defining moment where you believe in a way that says, make me the person you want me to be. Change my heart. Jesus, I believe in you like I've never believed before. Scripture teaches that after we believe, then we get baptized. Two weeks from today, we'll be having baptisms in our service. And if you've believed before, but you've never been baptized, I'd encourage you, be here two weeks from today. Today, if you want, you can come forward at the end of the service. We'll have pastors up front who can explain baptism to you. Third step is to gather weekly. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That's why we gather here weekly. It's like a weekly, a weekly chance to open our hearts to God and say, God, in what areas of my finances, my emotions, my career, my relationships have I started to trust in myself again? And every week when we're here, we recalibrate our souls back to trusting in the Lord. And we continue surrendering. He will show you as you gather here regularly your next steps. Sometimes the next step's to get in a small group. Sometimes it's to start serving. Sometimes it's to start reading your Bible every day. He'll show you that step as you take these first four steps. Well, I started our time talking about building trains with my son Jack when he was a toddler. I was thinking back this last week about those times when he was a toddler. We lived in Arizona. It was right after I left my journalism career. We lived in an area where there were a bunch of ranches. And every day when I'd get home from work, I would take Jack on a walk out through this ranch land. Uh, it was so fun. If you're a young parent, don't, don't um, take for granted when you get home from work and the kids run to you and it's like the highlight of their day that you're home from work. I remember that. Now my kids are a little bit older and I get home and they're like, yeah, dad's home. The dog runs to me at least, you know, so... But I remember it would be the highlight of Jack's day. It'd be the highlight of my day every day to get home and I'd take him and we would just go on these long walks and with his little toddler legs, he would run ahead and, and he would be investigating and checking things out and eventually he would just run himself weary where his little legs were tired. And whenever that happened, he would just come back to me and he would just kind of go like this. It was a nonverbal way of saying... I'm tired, or pick me up. And what I loved about Ray's life and story is when he said, you've got to believe that God actually loves you. He actually wants to help you. So trusting in him and submitting to him isn't like, it might be hard on your pride and your ego, 
But it's very simply you as a kid acknowledging, you know what, my legs are worn out. I'm doing everything I can to fulfill myself and I'm tired, but you're bigger. You can pick me up. And you know what I would do when Jack would do that? I would, I would lift him up like this, I'd put him right on my shoulders, and I'd keep walking. And he had kind of a higher view, and he had a lot of fun. And here's the thing for you, trusting in the Lord with all your heart, it is as simple as that posture of saying, God, I, I believe you, I trust you. You're good, you're for me. So whether you're believing in Jesus for the first time in your life, or as a believer, you're saying once again, you know what, Lord, I've believed in you for my salvation, which I can't earn, but if I'm honest, I've been looking to some other thing to fulfill me lately. And today's the day that I say this week, this year, I'm gonna trust in the Lord with all my heart. Can I pray that for you? Father, you're so good. You're so loving. I think of how much I love my son and when he was a toddler, how much I loved to pick him up when he was tired. How much I loved him even when he was throwing tantrums or even if he was angry and hitting me, I still loved him so much and that is how you love every person who's hearing these words right now. You love the ones who have their backs turned to you. You love the ones who've been running so far from you. You love the ones who've known you but forgotten you. You love those of us who've even seen your miracles and your power, but if we're honest, we've been looking to other things for the fulfillment that only you can bring. And what we say today is, God, we acknowledge you are the missing piece between us and our fulfillment. So we turn our eyes, we set down our football helmets, we set down and we, we say just like Ray, God, make us the people you want us to be. Change our hearts, that we would trust in you with all our heart. And if it doesn't mean football, if it doesn't mean whatever we've been looking to, that's okay, what we really want and need is you. You're the fulfillment we seek. God, I pray for that person right now who's believing in you for the first time, that in their heart, even now, they would just cry out and just acknowledge, God, I know I've sinned, I know I've made mistakes. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me and Jesus, be the Lord of my life, be my Lord and Savior. Father, I pray for people listening right now that they will have a life-changing moment just like Ray Preston did. That they'll have a legacy of a healthy marriage and healthy kids and other people whose lives are positively changed because they believe in you today that they would know they have eternal life, that they would have freedom from sin in this life. So Lord, together now, whether it's for the first time or as a recommitment of surrender, we wanna sing to you, we believe, we trust in you, and that's why we follow you. We pray it all in Jesus' name, amen.